Hear the word of the Lord from Matthew 6, 19 through 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Okay, so I need you to close your eyes. You're going you're gonna to picture something when I say it. And I want you to, to think of the face when I give you a name here in just a second. So picture the face in your mind when I say Ebenezer Scrooge. Picture that person. Picture that face. Okay, you can open your eyes now. All right, so we're going to run through a few that maybe are the face that you saw. Let's see if we can see a few of those. Is that, who, who's, that was this, this was his. Okay, a couple of you. This is Alistair Sim, and this is from, I think, 19, the 1950s, I believe. Uh, Alistair Sim. Okay, next one. That is 1970. That's Albert Finney. Anybody have that one? There's a couple, just a couple. Okay, let's go to the next one. <laughs> yeah, right? Raise your, yes, thank you. Okay, I don't know why, but when I, when I think of Scrooge, I think of Scrooge McDuck. And this was from 1983. This was probably my first uh, ex- introduction to uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Next one. That's 1984. That's George C. Scott. Yeah, George C. Scott. I always think of him as Patton, so it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to think of him as, as anything but, you know, running around in tanks and stuff, but uh, there he is. Okay, next one. Did anybody get? No? Nobody? Okay, this is Bill Murray. He was in a movie called Scrooged. He technically isn't named Ebenezer in the movie, but it's a famous one, so just worth a shot. Next one, one of my favorites. Okay, there we go. I heard a clap even for that one. So this is, this is 1992. This is the Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, and that's Michael Caine, uh, who is, yeah, really, really a good one. Okay, next one. You guys, if you guys are Star Trek fans, then this is your favorite, right? Yeah. So this is Patrick Stewart. This is 1999. Uh, and he's probably my favorite. He's probably the, the guy I picture when I think of other than Scrooge McDuck. Uh, he's probably the one I think of. Okay, let's do one more. Anybody? Yeah, this, so this is, <laughs> this is Jim Carrey. Uh, this is 2009. And I was terrified when I heard that Jim Carrey was going to be the voice of, anyway. But he did way better than I uh, expected. So most people say Alistair Sim, the 1951 version, is, is the best of all time. It is the, uh, the best portrayal of Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, that's up for debate. Um, and and there's, there may have been more. There may, you may have said you've, you've left a few out because there's just dozens and dozens of productions of this. So um, Scrooge is a character that has gone well beyond the story, right? He's one of the most famous uh, book characters, movie characters of all time. It, it's, it's even become like a description of people, right? Don't be such a Scrooge, we say. Um, Scrooge is, is synonymous with uh, a person who's in love with money. Uh, who lives 
for money, who doesn't use their money for anything but themselves, right? That's, we, we tend to think of that when we think of, of this character. And if there ever was a passage that was about Scrooge, uh, our passage this morning definitely was, or is. So um, today is a challenge for the Scrooge and all of us, but it doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. So, um, but this passage also has something to say about the Bob Cratchits of the world too. So uh, all of us have a little bit of Scrooge and a little bit of Bob Cratchit, having patience when we're mistreated. So let's pray as we start our time together. Father, we need your help as we see your word and hear your word this morning, that we would uh, be changed by it, that we would um, see Jesus, that we would know more of who you are. God, help us in this time. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're, in, we're moving along in our series. We're in James chapter 5. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to James chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Be patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above, but above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So we are winding down our study in James. Uh, we've been calling it back to the basics, right? We've been going through sort of the basics of our, of our faith, the things that, uh, as you have been a part of this, you'd say it's not new information, but maybe just reminders of, of, of who God has called us to be. And, and James' last few weeks has been describing these two paths, right? We've, we've spent some time on that, right? The earthly path and the heavenly path. And and, and, and last week we saw that for James, um, the, the, the big idea of, of these two paths is, is humility. Are you living for yourself or are you living for God? That's really what this is all about. Are you, are you living for God or are you living for yourself? This week we're going we're gonna to see James maybe at his angriest. Um, he, it, it seems like he's kind of building Right? In, in, in chapter 4, he kind of keeps building and building, and he calls some people arrogant last week. And <clears throat> he's frustrated that they're, uh, 
they're people that are living like they're in control of their lives, like um, uh, they're not going to acknowledge that they have a dependence on God. Like the air that they breathe isn't from God. Like every heartbeat isn't from God. Like every day that they're alive isn't a gift. He says those people are arrogant and not even acknowledging his, his lordship in, in, in every moment of our lives. And so now he's going he's gonna to talk about people who have, have, have gone from there to what I might call the next level of, of wretchedness. And, and, and so we need to keep just a couple of, you know, kind of maybe to keep this straight. We're going to say there's a Scrooge section of, of this passage, and then there's a Bob Cratchit. If you guys remember Bob Cratchit, right, he was the employee who was always mistreated and, and, and you know, never got the money he was deserved and, and just had the kind of the worst experience ever. The poor guy, you just, everybody felt for him. So there's, there's a, a Bob Cratchit section and a Scrooge section. We're in the Scrooge section, okay? He says, come now you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. So, so scholars are divided as to whether the, the rich people he's talking about here are, are Christians or not. I, I, I find myself in the camp that would say these people are outside of the church. They're not a part of the, the community, the body of Christ. They're outside of that. Um, th- there's a judgment coming, right? He says, come now, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Um, he, he doesn't say, repent, change, fix it, right? He just says, weep and howl, and then it's going to get worse. So weep and howl sounds bad. He, he's going to get worse. He says, your, your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidenced against you, and, you will, eat your, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous one who does not resist you. Okay, so let's, let's just kind of summarize the, the things that, that James says these, these evil people have done. Okay, that, that I think are outside of the church. What have they done? It says, first, they have, they have hoarded money in the last days. Okay? And then second, he says, they have done injustice to others. Right? They've, they've robbed, they've defrauded people um, of their due wages. Okay? And then third, uh, they've lived in, in, in indulgence and luxury. So we're going we're gonna, to um, just kind of talk about all those more in just a second. But, but if, if, if these guys are outside of the church, they're probably not reading James's letter, right? They're probably not in this community that's sitting around in a, in a church building reading the letter that James has. So why, why did James address them? Why is James writing to them at all? Most scholars would say this is about uh, the readers themselves, and it's for the benefit of the church. It's the, for the benefit of the believers who are reading this. So, so, so how could this be a benefit for them? First, we would say this, this passage promises destruction, um, and, and that doesn't sound like good news, right? But 
It, we would say this is similar to the, like the prophets of the Old Testament who were, who were talking against Assyria and talking against Babylon, right? There's this, this promise that God is watching and that he's going to deal with all of the people who are this way. So for the, for the believers to read this, yes, God is, God is watching, he is aware, he's promising destruction. And so second, we would say it's, it, you know, that makes it kind of a comfort for God's people, right? This is what's coming for those who are not God's people. We as God's people can be secure. All right, third, we would say it's, it's, it's a reminder of God's standard and his expectations. And, and so, so, you know, while this isn't necessarily, I don't think, written for non-believers, or, or that this is written to non-believers, I, I would say you and I aren't immune to the sins that we see in this passage. And so, so the, this third piece, right, is helpful for us in, in that it's an instruction about who God is and what he expects, uh, uh, how us to, to treat other people. So we can be warned, we can be instructed here. And, and I think we need to be warned, I think we need to be instructed, because I, you know, it doesn't seem as though God is letting us off the hook as we read this. It's just too easy to say, yeah, that's for those crazy rich people over there. This, this isn't for me, okay? Maybe we aren't the rich people described in this passage, okay? Maybe that's, maybe that's the case. I hope that's the case. But we are rich. And, and we talked about this several weeks ago. You probably won't be able to, to convince me otherwise, but we're, all of us in this room are in the top one-third of 1% one of wealth on the planet, Okay, so out of the 7 billion, however many people there are, you and I sit among the top third of 1%. Is that privilege? Yeah, it is. It is. And, and, and God would tell us we are not supposed to be hoarding wealth in these last days. We're not supposed to be hoarding it. We are supposed to be using our wealth to help others, to, to work towards God's kingdom. Right? Remember we, we said last week, your money is his money. And, and if God were here, we, would, we could ask him, how would you use your money, right? That's what he could expect of us. How would, how would God use his money? Well, our money is his. So what are we supposed to do with it? You and I are in the top one-third of the 1% of the world. That makes us wealthy. That means we should be working towards his kingdom and not hoarding it. You and I, you know, to be comforted, as, as we saw as one thing for believers to see, right? We do see injustice, um, we see people buy themselves justice through the court systems, right? Th- those tend to be on TV, and we go, how did that person ever get off of that? Well, they hired the best legal team ever assembled, or, you know, they just bribed the whole system. They didn't even have to serve community service. How they got out of this, I don't know. Money can pervert justice, and we see that all the time. But not forever. Not forever. As it says in Amos chapter 5, justice will roll down like waters. It's coming. Justice will roll down like the waters. And for us to be instructed, we need to remember the principles of this passage. As a rule of thumb, don't defraud people who you owe money to. Right? If, you're an, if you're an employer, you better treat your employees well. This passage is not kind to those who mistreat their employees who hold back money that, that is deserved to them, who find ways to, to get around cutting corners of what they're owed. It's a bad idea. 
We pay people what they're due. We, we are kingdom-minded in the way we spend our money, in the way we treat others. This passage and plenty others makes it clear that God cares about the poor and the mistreated. He's listening. He's watching. He sees. So I'm going to finish this section, this Scrooge section, by, by quoting from, uh, from a passage that I find really helpful uh, in, 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 in all of this. And, and it's, it's from Paul. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 6. But in it, he is writing about how the rich ought to live. Remember, I'm convinced that you and I are rich. So, so how should the rich live? This is helpful for me. First, First Timothy 6, 17 through 19. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be arrogant, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Note that, to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus, storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So again, what I find helpful here, he he gives clear instructions on things that that those who are rich can do. Not to be arrogant, not to put all their comfort and hopes in their wealth, to do good to do good deeds, to share with others, to be generous, right? To give glory to God and all of that. Those are things that the rich can do, right? Your wealth can be a blessing. It can be from God. One, to be enjoyed, but also to be shared in terms of the kingdom. First Timothy 6. Okay, it's time to go to the next section, verses 7 through 11. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Be patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke the name, in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Okay, so now we're into the Bob Cratchit piece, right? This is for the downtrodden. And, and so in James's world, in James's context... This was probably most of the Christians that he knew. In, in those days, most Christians had had their, their property confiscated, right? Their farms, their, their land, their homes had been taken because of their faith. There was, there was a, a more powerful group in charge, and they disagreed with Christianity, and so they had the ability to, to confiscate their stuff. So a lot of Christians had, had their farms stolen from them. They weren't being paid what they were due all the things that were happening in the first part that we just read, that's happening to the believers. And, and, and so, so they're, they're suffering at the hands of the rich and the powerful. And, and, and so James is going to give us a, a familiar image, one we even kind of talked about last week, right? The, the, the image of the farmer. There's a lot of faith required to be a farmer. You, you put a lot of work 
in the beginning. And, and, and then there, there's this time where you don't see any fruit of that. There's, there's, you're not sure, is, is it going to happen? I put seeds in the ground and you have to wonder, are they coming? There's a plentiful harvest that's coming. But, but there's a lot of in-between times, right? We, we know as believers that there's a day coming that all will be well. But not yet. Just like the farmer who's having to show patience to wait for some day that this harvest can happen. There are days of sunshine. And there are days of rain. There are uh, droughts. There are floods. There's pestilence. There's disease. Life is hard. Injustice is everywhere. You know, I think today, I think most of us are, are, are pretty well safe from um, persecution because of our faith. We don't suffer a whole lot um, today. It, it, it can appear at times that, that more is on the horizon. Uh, we don't know what the future holds, but it does seem as though things are changing. But what we, what we do know is that the Lord is compassionate and merciful. His heart is for his people. And it is better to do what is right on this earth, which might lead to suffering temporarily. Um, and, and, and then look to the promise that there will be relief in the future. That's a better choice than, than saying, I'm going to try to find comfort on this earth now. James promises that those who are in comfort today will not be when the Lord returns. Those who are getting everything that they, their heart desires today will not be comforted when the Lord returns. And so while I guess I would say most of us aren't in a, in a true situation of, of, of a Bob Cratchit, I don't, I don't know who your boss is, I don't know what that employee situation looks like, but I hope you're not in that kind of a place where you work for Scrooge. But what we have to be reminded of is that we're not supposed to give up. We're supposed to be reminded by this passage and others that, that this is temporary. This world is temporary. Our situation is temporary. You and I are living for something else. You, are not, you and I are not living for all that this world promises. We can be tempted into pursuing, you know, the, the, this pursuit of happiness that everybody around us seems to be going after. That's not the, the path that we've been told to follow. We're living for something else. Our, our eyes are, are, on, are to be fixed on something bigger. Something that this world can't offer us. Scholars seem to think that James here in this, in this passage is referring back to something that he said, uh, one of those verses that we, we, we like to memorize uh, back in James chapter 1, verse 12, which says, Blessed is the man who perseveres, who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. That seems to be what he's referring back to. And I, I don't know your situation today. I don't, I don't know if you're in a place in life where you are you know, physically poor, emotionally poor, 
relationally poor, spiritually poor. I don't know. But all of us have this place where we feel like Bob Cratchit at times. And I would just tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. Blessed is the one who perseveres. And, and if, if you need to hear the warnings of the rich from our passage this morning, like we all do, we all do, then be inspired that, that even an old wretch like Ebenezer Scrooge can be changed by God. I, I was struck by the thinking about, about the end of that story, right? And so I want you to hear it, hear the good news from Charles Dickens. Scrooge was even better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, as good a man as, as the good old city knew or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge... May that truly be said of us and all of us. And so as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Let's pray together. Father, we know that our hearts can pursue the wrong things, can hope in the wrong things, can, can take comfort in, in, in the things of this world. We know that our hearts need to be changed by you. God, help us. Help us fix our eyes not on things, not on the security that this world offers, but on something bigger. God, help us to be patient in the meantime. God, we don't live in, in the life that we want. We don't live in, in what we know is still to come beauty of a new creation, the beauty of eternity in perfection with you in your holiness. So God, help us to remain steadfast. Help us to remember that there is more to come. Thank you, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.